OWC Radio number nine. It's the iPad Show. And this is OWC Radio number nine. It's the day of the big event. The iPad was released, and I've got two very special guests to talk about it. First up, Steve Sandy is the editor of the unofficial Apple weblog at TUAW2A and host of the weekly TUA TV Live program. Hello, Steve. How's it going, Tim? It's going. You know, you were the very first guest on OWC Radio even before the show had a name. That's a really scary thing. <laughs> uh, I'm actually not the editor. I'm an editor. An editor. I know. I yeah. it, I put the editor in my uh, show notes, so that's that's my fault. Cool. You should be the editor, though. That's how talented you are, Steve. Well, I was going to say, maybe I better <laughs> tell those other guys. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> We also have the senior editor and for analysis and reviews from the Mac Observer, John Martellaro. Hello, John. Hey, hey, it's good to be here. It's a old, old friend of mine, John. We go way, way back. We yeah. really do. We do. We, what, 1997? I think so. Wow, that's a, I think so. That's, a, that's like a whole generation of children have come and gone. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys both saw the announcement. You were watching it on, I take it, various websites out there. Um, for whatever reason, Apple isn't QuickTime streaming these events anymore. I really wish they would. I think this event in particular would have been great to watch live. So we'll start with you, John. What was your initial uh, impressions of the iPad? Well, you know, yesterday I wrote an article about uh, about uh, the uh, say what moment, you know, that there might be some moments during the presentation where we didn't quite understand what Apple was up to, and we wouldn't understand the impact for quite a while. Um, I think maybe the iWork falls into that category. Really? Something out of the blue that uh, we don't really understand the impact of yet. It looks as if it's a rather mundane thing, but we're going to have to think about that for a while to understand... Apple's motivation for um, adding iWork to the to this suite of custom apps. <clears throat> it's kind of nice that they're priced separately, though. You don't have to buy the entire iWork suite like you do on the Macintosh. If oh, you yeah. just need Keynote, you can buy just <clears throat> Keynote for nine ninety nine, and that price is really sweet too. That seems uh, to be the sweet spot for pro level stuff on the iPhone, at least, anyways. Nine ninety nine. You don't see too many applications going up past that now. No, no. And the other, the other takeaway I got is now that Apple has, you know, basically, well, if you discount the, you know, the, the desktop systems and sort of lump the notebooks and the desktops together, you got three platforms. You know, you got Mac OS X devices, MacBook Pros, Mac Pros. And you got the iPhone, and you got this third category the iPad, and in two of those three categories, Apple is now controlling the future, <clears throat> controlling the apps. doesn't look like you're going to be able to put any old Mac OS X app on an iPad. 
Hmm. Kind, kind of looks like it's going to run Apple's suite of custom apps. You know, the ones they showed this morning, the iPhoto on the calendar and the address book, plus all of the iPhone apps. doesn't look like you're going to be able to install just any Mac OS X app on the system. That's what it seems to me at first blush. <clears throat> and that makes for two out of three. So I'm kind of thinking about uh, Apple's future. You know, what are they thinking? You know, there, they always go through this transition period where there's like cocoa and carbon, where it looks like they're going to stay together for a while, and then finally Apple puts the handwriting on the wall and says, hey, look, this is where we're going. So I, I think about, you know, that in terms of the future of Apple's hardware and software platform. So you watched it uh, on behalf of TUAW.com, the unofficial Apple weblog, Apple weblog Steve. Uh, what do you think? What were your initial impressions? I mean, for us, this only happened uh, an hour and a half ago, so it's pretty fresh. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, the first thing, I, I had to uh, kind of chuckle because we were uh, amazed at, at just how many uh, blogs went down. Uh, it was uh, there were a lot of live blogs that uh, died. Yes. So, uh, and fortunately, we were able to kind of keep some things going. But uh, uh, cover it live, which is our platform that we use uh, normally use for that, uh, totally uh, crapped out. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of other Apple websites were also on there as well, so they ran into the same problem. But uh, in terms of uh, you know comments, uh, I just I uh, was totally overwhelmed with the price. Uh, I really honestly thought it was going to be uh, much more expensive. The $499 price point was, uh, for me, uh, kind of a total surprise. And, uh, you know, when you get to $699 for a 64-gig model, uh, that's still not bad. Now, the pricing goes for Wi-Fi only, 16-gig, $499, 32-gig, 599 and 64 gig 699. Now, if you want to wait an extra month, you can get the Wi Fi plus 3G, and uh, there's what $120 extra, yeah, 120, 130, something like that. I'm looking uh, looking for the slide right now. 130, yeah, the 16 gig will be 629, 32 will be 729, and the 64 gig will be 829. I have to say, personally. I'm going to buy one of these because I'm an Apple fanboy, but I have to say I'm probably going to get the 64 gigabyte Wi-Fi only version. Me too. Uh, I don't see the need to have yet another data plan and a 3G coverage for an extra $130. To me, it just isn't worth it. Uh, now, you say you too, Steve. How are you going to connect this thing to the Internet? Well, I just happened to have a Sprint MiFi, and, uh, you know, it's... That was called a setup, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that was a, one of those slow pitches coming right yeah, over. Yeah, there it is. Right Do you see it coming? So. You could boy, count the stitches on that one. But, yeah, yeah, count the stitches and watch the rotation. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, the Sprint MiFi uh, is going to be, or uh, Verizon MiFi, if you happen to uh, swing that way. Uh, you're talking about perfect device or a uh, device for a MiFi. Uh, you know, in fact, I'm sure my my wife is going to want one of these. So we can go somewhere with our our iPads. I can pull out the MiFi. We can both uh, get on and uh, choke that 3G connection. So 
uh, yeah, I definitely am glad to hear that uh, the 3G is extra because I don't need it. I, I don't need it. it. I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%. You know, I'm thinking it's uh, 3.30 on the East Coast as we're recording this right now. At what time today do you think that all the companies out there that make iPhone cases are going to release news that they have a case coming out for the iPad? John, how long do you think that's going to take? I don't think it's going to take very long at all. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be... actually. Yeah. I got one. Really? No, You've back, already got one. Back yeah. on that storage issue, I was hoping for a user-replaceable SSD, <clears throat> which can run up to 256 gigabytes. But they're using the iPhone model, you know, NAND Flash. Yeah, I wish they were using SSD and, as well because uh, actually the company that, I, that I'm doing this for, <laughs> Other World Computing, just released the fastest SSD card in the world yesterday. That's right. And so it would have been great to be able to put that in here. Well, as Steve said, that really kind of forces you for future growth, which you can't do, to the 64-gig model. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because 16 gig, I don't know. I've got a 32 gigabyte iPhone, and uh, I'm probably at least three quarters of the way full of that right now. Now, here's a question. They said that all your iPhone stuff will work. Does that mean everything I've already purchased for my iPhone, it'll sync right up to it? But, you know, I noticed that they never ran more than one iPhone app at a time, and I think that's going to be a limitation. You can pixel double and blow it up, but... One at a time so far, it looks like. Yeah, what do you think, yeah. Steve? Yeah, it definitely looks like no multitasking at all. It, does that surprise you, though? I mean, it, it's, it looks very impressive, but when you get right down to it, this is still a one gigahertz machine, which I think is another interesting story. Apple is actually producing the chip themselves. Yeah. I'm a little surprised about that. What do you think, Steve? Do you, are you surprised that they didn't go with Intel or another third-party vendor for chip supply and that they're just going really, alone? You know, uh, uh, oh, I thought the, the one comment uh, that was made during the uh, program about you know the fact that uh, we went into this uh, looking for a particular price point and really wanted to get the cost of components down as much as possible. And uh, I think this really allows them to uh, not only you know make this absolutely uh, wonderful chip, uh, you know, well, you know, kind of backing up there. I think the big deal about it is they, they kind of control uh, what the cost of that is going to be and what the price or the, uh, what the uh, demand, or <laughs> I'm having problems speaking, you know. Uh, been, how much they're going to have to charge. I mean, at, at four ninety nine. Yes. I mean, the yeah. only difference between the top and the bottom versions of the models is storage space there's no you don't get a bigger screen you don't get a faster processor or more memory it's just memory it's yeah. just storage so they're all going to have this uh, apple a4 processor that runs one gigahertz yeah my other comment was going to be they will totally of course uh kind of own the supply and uh, which means that you can't have another company coming out and saying oh by the way we're going to create this wonderful device and we're also using intel's chip instead you know everybody's got to use something completely different uh i don't know if that's good or smart or you know good and smart there but it's uh it is kind of interesting that they're they really are going to uh, own the supply chain so to speak for uh, this device i tried adding up the wattage a while back 
looks like the Atom uses about 2.4 watts. And uh, I was tallying up what I thought the power consumption of the device would be. And um, I estimated that they were going to need 65-watt-hour battery to run 10 hours. And they're doing it, they're running it with a 25-watt-hour battery, which means that uh, the sum of all the power utilization of all the units is two and a half watts. Jeez. Which makes, you know, which the which, which which would be an atom alone. Right. So you got a really low-power PA semi-chip in there, maybe a half a watt with two cores. And then, wow. um, you know, the you don't have an SSD, so you don't have to worry about that power consumption. So that was probably why they chose the NAND flash. And then somehow they've squeezed the display power down, you know, to stay within the, the two and a half watts, too. So there's a really tight and amazing wattage budget there to get away with a 25-watt-hour battery. Now, I know that Apple has already produced uh, numbers that show that the screen is a 1024 by 768 running uh, 720p HD video, 30 frames per second. Uh, my question is, what kind of screen is it? Is this an OLED screen? Mm-mm. I don't think so. Uh, they, I didn't hear anything about they it. They were uh, referring to it as a, an IPS uh, LCD, and I'm looking at it Okay, up right yeah, now. I got it up on what, Apple's website. 9.7-inch LED backlit glossy. Yeah, so it's not oh, a... plane switching is what IPS stands for. Uh, made to improve on poor viewing angle and poor color reproduction of uh, da da da. Anyway, sorry, I'm reading history here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean this this thing just came out, so it, for us, it's we're still kind of getting caught up. Uh, and the the specs page just went live on Apple.com. Mm. It's you know what I don't like. I'm looking at the screen sh- snapshot that they have of it. And the icons look very tiny on this big screen. You would think that they could, I don't know, give us the ability to make the icons a little bit bigger on the main screen, kind of like you can make a dock bigger on your Mac. Yeah. That would be nice. Well, that's we won't pretty know small. for sure until we get our hands on one in terms of uh, sizing those uh, those icons. Built-in 25-watt-hour rechargeable lithium polymer battery. That's a small battery. It is. Huh. So they, they have to have some really good power management capabilities in this thing. Wow, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, TV and video, support for 1024 by 768 with dot connector to VGA adapter. Hmm. So you okay. can run uh, to run VGA. Yeah, but I want to get this out... H264 video up to 720p, 30 frames per second. Um, but I'm not seeing that you can get out high quality video. Well, right, and I'm not seeing. I'm not. I, I'm in the process of doing some geometry on that screen. It doesn't look like a 16 by nine. No, it looks more. It looks squarer than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's very. At, yeah. at 100 and what is it? 132 pixels per inch. <laughs> It doesn't quite seem to be um, 720 by 1280, which is nominal 720p. I don't quite, I haven't done the math yet fully, but I don't quite see how they're getting 
1280 pixels across natively. I think a lot of people are going to be interested in using this as kind of a Apple TV, if you will. Plug this into your home entertainment center and then watch it on your big screen television. Oh, yeah. But I'm looking at the specs, and there's no... Well, you have a VGA adapter that does 1024 by 768, which is... I, I guess you could say that's 720p, but not really. Mm-mm. I mean, that's closer to 480p. Um, yeah, it is kind of a weird. It is. It is weird. I mean, I think we all expected a 16 by 9 display with 720 by 1280. It's strange. Yeah. I, it's, I don't know if they're... Do you think Apple's even looking at connecting this thing to monitors? I mean, they showed Keynote. And they said during, uh, Phil Schiller said that you could connect it to a projector and run your keynotes that way. Um, but it doesn't look like Apple's positioning this at all as part of your home multimedia center, Steve. It, it, I don't see that at all. Yeah, I don't see it. Well, you know, I'm uh, trying to see, I'm looking, looking at photos and was glancing at the video here. And... Uh, you know, I'm just not sure what they're going to do with video out. I really don't see. <laughs> well, okay, there's a little port over on the side over there, but that. Well, it's a dock works. connector, and it says right on there support for. So that is the dock. Uh, with dock connector to VGA adapter, you can also get the Apple Composite AV cable, which hmm. will let you do 576i, and that's the real low range stuff there. But it doesn't show. Uh, 720p coming out of the device to any adapter. Huh. And yeah, which, which clearly puts it at a disadvantage against the Apple TV. Which absolutely. Which generate 720p. Um, yeah. It does video in M4V, MP4, and movie files. So it looks like um, if you're an AVI buff, you're not going to be using those on this device without conversion. But as Mac users, we're probably used to converting AVI files anyways, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a lot of stuff. I mean, for me, I look at this and it looks like, with everything that it does, it looks like a blown-up iPod Touch. No? Well, which is... I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Don't take it as a negative. I like my iPhone a lot. And the the biggest problem that I have with my iPhone, especially if I'm playing a game or something, is the screen is just too small. Yeah. Well, the first thing I asked myself during the presentation was, is there anything you can do on this machine that you can't do with a MacBook Air, independent of some of these customized apps that have been tuned up for the iPad? Right. And it looks to me like, you know, the answer is no. What what did we see this morning that you couldn't duplicate more or less on a MacBook Air? Uh, You know, I don't think I've seen anything. What do you think, Steve? Is there anything special about the iPad that you can't do with a a MacBook, for instance? No, and in fact, uh, (laughs) it was was kind of funny when we were uh, chatting internally over at Tua a little while ago. When they came up with the pricing, I said, well... There went the resale value on my MacBook Air, so uh, yeah. you know, 
honestly, uh, in terms Besides of Besides running iPhone apps, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, in terms of what uh, I want to do, you know, what I do a lot of the time on my uh, existing device, uh, you know, there's really not all that much difference. There is one big difference, though. It just occurred to me. No camera. So oh, yeah, there is no about, camera on this, isn't there? Yeah. Video chats. You were all waiting for that forward-facing camera to do video chats. Yes, yeah, I were. wanted this to be the, oh, the tricorder, yeah. and it's not, is it? Yeah, at huh. least I don't see anything there. But, do you, uh, does this look like a product that's been in development for three or four years from Apple? Because it sure doesn't to me. This looks like Apple's answer to... Everyone's expecting us to do this tablet computer. How can we do it? I got an idea. Let's just make a bigger iPod Touch. Um, the graphics that you look on on the text page, even the little swipe to turn it on and off, you know how like you have on your iPhone? Yeah. It's the same size on the tablet. They didn't scale it up to be big on the tablet. Speaking of which, did you notice that there was a small icon to the right of the, the uh, swipe to unlock? And we were all wondering about that. Uh, nobody could figure out exactly what it was. Uh, kind of almost looked like a uh, an arrow, maybe, or a home button. I'm not sure. You know, it's, let me. Uh, I can't tell. It's too small in the graphic that I have here. Did you find the text page? Tech page? For yeah, it? definitely okay. there. Yeah, and it looked kind of like a. Uh, you know, almost like an icon for a fingerprint swiper or something. So, you know, maybe they're. Uh, uh, I just at blew it up and uh, it's just too blurry. I can't tell. Me neither. I can't tell what it is. Yeah, I, I just wish we uh, <laughs> wish we could all have hands on. Yeah, this is a super exciting episode, folks. I know we're we're looking at <laughs> web pages and pictures while we're recording the show, and there's <laughs> just silence. Well, but this I'm looking is, at. This I'm is how the, the tech profile. pundits do it, folks. This is. <laughs> I'm looking at the profile, Tim, and I see a curved back. Yeah. And it makes me wonder whether it's going to rock on a hard table as I try to type. Um, it's, it's probably yeah, only there. yeah. Look, it's probably yeah. only curved just a little bit. You got to remember this thing's really thin, so yeah. it's probably just the 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 very edge is rounded and the, enough of it's flat where it's probably not going to rock so. in on, on your desk. I hope so. Um. I don't know. So, uh, right off the bat, John, are you going to buy one? Well, <clears throat> I have to buy one because I'm going to be writing about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm with you. But the question I was asking myself this morning with, in the chat room with the team was, if I weren't as writing for the Mac Observer, would I feel like I had to have one? And I think the kicker there is the pricing. If it were nine ninety nine, like I Steve said, the pundits were predicting. And you go, oh, I really don't need one. But at the pricing that Apple has set, it's worth having. Now, just because you know you might want to use it around the house, in the living room, on short travel trips. A lot of people are managing to use their iPhone as a substitute for their uh, MacBook. You know, while you're talking, trips, you know? I just came up with an idea on who this is for, John. <clears throat> this is for your grandma. You don't seriously. You don't get your grandma a full fledged computer because right. this is way too complex for her. Right. She doesn't have to install an operating system right. with a DVD. Yeah. Right. You you yeah. give her this. She turns it on. You have it preloaded with a bunch of photos. 
Uh, she has email, and it's all on screen. She has the Internet if she wants to go that route. About the only thing you'd have to give Grandma is uh, the ability to get online. And you can just, because it's prepaid, she doesn't have to worry about a bill. You just prepay it for her, and you just right. give her this right. iPad, and that's her Internet. She can watch the movies that you send. She can get on the Internet. She can play the uh, the little Euchre games and stuff like that that you could download <laughs> for her. Um and she just plugs it in and charges it every other day or two, and she's good to go. I, this I is have for to grandma. ask myself uh, whether I could travel with one of these things and do my writing. And uh, it doesn't look like it has all the tools I would need. Well, isn't that, though, third-party development? Isn't that going to be the solution to that? Because they're – well, here's another question for both of you. They showed this keyboard with a built-in dock. Will that work with an iPhone or an iPod Touch? Oh, I wish. Oh, I hope so. That would be so mm. nice. Mm. But with this larger screen now, couldn't uh, a third-party developer? Well, when you say writing, though, but uh, Apple has iWorks on here. Yeah, iWorks, and you got a keyboard. Absolutely. What yeah, more do you, you really have to do need? is you have to start all over and start writing what what, are, what were native Mac apps rewritten in, in the iPhone OS and the SDK. It simulate what you would have had on a on a MacBook, right? Well, but you, if you have iWork, no, because it's 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 what cross about compatible. Graphics tools that we have, you know. Well, it's a touch screen. You can. I mean, there are little tools that we all use to construct our articles. You know, like BB Edit and. For me, image well. Well, but that's still your. I mean, if you got a new computer that didn't run the Mac OS, you're still going to have those same problems. Yeah, the the only issue I would see, you know, in terms of writing, for instance, uh, let's say you're you're writing a, a textbook or something, and you you need a bunch of screenshots. Well, uh, it does, of course, have uh, you know iPhoto. It looks like on here, so I'd be able to go ahead, grab uh, a photo and iPhoto, but then I have to get out of that app, you know, go into the other and paste in. Uh, mm -hmm. In that respect, mm -hmm. it almost reminds me of uh, 26 years ago with the uh, the first Mac, and you know where you went into Mac Paint, you pulled up a, a document, you copied something, you got out of <clears> the <throat> Paint, you started yeah. up McWrite, and you you uh, went ahead and pasted it in there. Now we've got some great tools already uh, for the. Uh, uh, you know the iPhone and iPod Touch uh, that would help things like that. For instance, one of my favorite apps right now is PasteBot. Mm -hmm. Wonderful application, um, and being able to uh, you know go ahead, grab items, uh, paste them over to a uh, another device, or vice versa. You know, come from a Mac to this uh, is wonderful. But once again, that doesn't help you on the road. Um, I think it's going to be six months or a year before we get all of the apps that we really want to have on this device and, and integrated and working well to the point where writers and other people can do the kind of creative stuff that they used to do on a MacBook. Well, here's my question, though. If you're going to do that, if you're going to buy this uh, the keyboard with a dot connector and you're going to have the iPad... Um, why not just get a MacBook at that point? What are you? What advantages are you going to have by taking your iPad with you at that point than just having your laptop? 
That's right. I, I don't see uh, an advantage at all. So we get yeah. back to the question, and who is the iPad for? Uh, personally, I think, at, at, when I'm at home, my wife has her MacBook, and the only thing she really does with it is she checks Facebook, she browses the Internet, she checks her email, um, but that's pretty much it. She's not doing photography work or anything like that. This is definitely a replacement for her MacBook, her four-year-old MacBook at this point. Yeah, it's, it's for consumers of information, not right. creators. You know, we're. Yeah. I think what happens in the tech industry, especially when it comes from people like us, is we try to fit this into our current lives and what we're doing online and off. But that's not who Apple is thinking about when they're creating these products. They're thinking about people like my wife, who could care less about how fast something is or anything like that. She just wants something simple so that she can check her Farmville. <laughs> you know, she can see what her friends and her relatives are doing on Facebook. Uh, she could check her email. She yeah. could check the calendar to make sure that's that nice. the kids have an appointment tomorrow. And that's and really she, all she cares about. And, and she definitely doesn't want little snitch popping up every once in a while saying, can I do this? Can I do that? That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> now, almost everything she, I just said she can do on her iPhone. But the problem is it's small on the iPhone. Yeah. And that's what it really comes down to is a physical size. I think for a lot of people, the iPhone and the iPod Touch, the drawback has been such a small screen. Yeah, I, uh, I'm just looking at some of the apps right now. Uh, you know, a couple of things that I was just totally impressed with. Uh, I love the way that the calendar app looks in uh, on the iPad. I really do. I thought that was a, a well-done app. I don't care for calendar uh, as it exists right now on the uh, iPhone and I love the way they had this, you know, you could do a day at a glance on one side and you can do, you know, I think like monthly on the other. You can show your uh, uh, to-do list in there. I had to laugh a little bit at notes. Uh, my question there was, you know, are they ever going to get notes uh, synchronization going? <laughs> yeah. You know, real notes sync. Uh, iBooks, uh, I just really wonder how much they're, paying Will Shipley to be able to use that. Uh, <laughs> Does that look like Delicious Library to you, too? Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Twitter oh. kind of exploded when they showed that graphic. Yeah. Uh, even Ted Landau was like, uh, is it just me, or did that look like... And I, I, I was like, yes, that looked like Delicious Library to me. I yeah. mean, it, it looked pixel for pixel. Huh. Interesting. By the way, Apple's up a whole buck today. Uh, do that you think this is... is yeah, oh, sorry. I, I was, was going to ask you, uh, what do you think, uh, Steve? Do you think that this is big news for Apple and the investors, or do you think this is kind of a meh? Well, I, I'm really kind of amazed because historically, Apple's stock drops yeah. after one of these events. And, you know, maybe by the end of the day, we'll see it down quite a bit. But uh, normally, you know, we've, we've watched uh, during the events... Uh, during the Steve notes at some of the Macworld expos, and you'll you'll watch the uh, the flow of of the stock price, and it just starts dropping. It continues to drop, and then usually by the end of the day, people are going, "What the heck?" But uh, today, so far, so good. We saw it drop a little at the beginning of the uh, event, and then start uh, climbing. And it's it's uh, actually not doing too bad. <laughs> I disagree. I think. Uh Apple expects to sell millions and millions of these, and yeah, and add uh, you know billions of dollars to Apple's uh, 
revenue. And I, you'd think investors would be much more excited than they seem to be. Well, let me ask you guys to wrap this up. Uh, we'll start with you, John. Did we just see uh, something as significant as, say, iPhone 2.0 for Apple, or did we just see a G4 Cube? Well, I think neither. I think we saw the first version of something that is going to be around for a long time. I think Apple finally got to the point where they realized we have to ship a version 1.0 of this device. Can't wait forever. There's the right time to, for technology to mature and be able to do the things you want to do. And they probably had to wait for the availability of this A4 chip in quantity at the price they wanted and, and do their software development. But I think the machine has a lot of promise. Uh, even though we don't see multitasking now for iPhone apps, I think that's coming. I think we're going to see a lot of maturity and software development. And even though the machine out of the box might be somewhat of uh, amusement or a, a toy for a lot of people, and then, as you said, very, very useful for certain other kinds of people, I think the machine has so much potential to grow and to do multitasking and to become what we're, we've been doing on our MacBooks. That's going to take a year or two. What do you think, Steve? I, you know, it, it's going to be interesting because, uh, you know, one of my first thoughts was if you get that market that we were talking about, you know, the, the mom, <laughs> you know, the type of computer your mom would like, uh, you know, I can see this in a way almost uh, doing a little bit of a, well, uh, cannibalization of of kind of the the low end, lower end MacBooks, uh, or the because, iPod Touch, or the iPod Touch, yeah. Because you know some people will say, well, you know, I'm not sure I want to, uh, you know, buy this with this little screen when I can have this larger one and carry it around in this nifty little uh, leather case that looks like a book. Uh, I I think this. You know, I, I frankly have a feeling it's going to be big. I just, you know, like John said, I think we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg, though. We're seeing uh, version 1.0. Uh, you know, eventually, will we see multitasking? You know, I hope so. Uh, will we see, uh, you know, something with a built-in camera? Yeah, that would definitely be a, a nice thing to see. Uh well, remember when the iPhone launched, we didn't have third-party apps. We couldn't do copy and paste. Yeah. Um, it, it's come a long way in a relatively short amount of time, and we just saw version 1.0 of the iPad. So I think by the time we get to the third version, it's going to be significantly better than what it is right now. Plus, unlike the iPhone, it launches with, what, 140,000 apps already ready to go and, and working fine on it? Yeah, or unlike the Mac. You know, think exactly. about the Mac. Yeah. Yeah, there was what, thirty apps that would yeah, run so on the Macintosh when it first was <laughs> launched? Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, really when that Mac was first launched, wait, 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 multiplan? Yeah. And uh, Microsoft Basic, wasn't that about it? Uh no, they had Word when it first launched. Oh yeah, and Word. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, no, uh they had had McWright. I didn't think uh, Word came out for a while, did it? No, I it thought, was one of the initial launched programs. Yeah, yeah. it was very okay. important for Apple. In fact, that's where a lot of the problems between Microsoft and Apple developed because Microsoft had an early prototype of a Mac, so that's where they kind of got the idea for Windows. Yeah. Or yeah. so, you know, we, let's not get into that discussion. 
So, Steve, when does uh, TUAW TV lie? When does that happen? Well, actually, uh, and I've got to get started on that here shortly, but uh, we'll be going live at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Uh, here in Denver, 2 p.m. on the Pacific Coast. And I'm ignoring the Central Time Zone. No, <laughs> they don't be care. Four, four Central. <laughs> but uh, what we're going to be doing today is, uh, uh, and hopefully the web will... Uh, you know, maintain its life here and not crash on us. But uh, basically what we're, we'll be doing is our regular format, which is uh, me on there. And uh, we'll also be uh, most likely Skyping in a lot of the other uh, folks from the Tuwa team. Awesome. We'll from there. Uh-oh, someone's got something, and I think it's John. <laughs> what? Say what? Huh? What was that? <laughs> uh, I was just turning a page here. So, John, where are people going to find information about you, what you're writing, that sort of thing online? Uh, well, you can go to uh, MacObserver.com, and um, I um, will publish pretty much every day, but I've also got a Hidden Dimensions column. Which is a must-read, uh, by the way. I mean, yeah. er, every one of your Hidden Dimensions has been simply fantastic. So just go to the Mac Observer, and then there's a little uh, toolbar across the top right under the banner where it says uh, Features, and then there's a pop-up there, and uh, then I'll take you to the, to the uh, Hidden Dimensions column. I think I've written about 70 or 80 of them. And uh, what was the name of that column before? Because um, way back in the day, because it's basically the same column you've been writing for years and years and years, but the name has changed. What was it before? Oh, you mean over at Apple Links? Yes. What was the name of it there? I wrote something called the Warp Core. Yes, the Warp Core. Yeah. I'll always associate, every time I hear that, I always associate the Warp Core with John Martellaro. Well, you know, we're going to be publishing some of my old Warp Cores at the Mac Observer. Um, sort of a, a way back kind of thing about yeah. what, were, what, what were things like then? What were we thinking? Oh, you've got a rich history. What was on our minds back oh. in 1999? So you're going to kind of <laughs> dissect what you were writing back then? Yeah, I'm going to kind of, you know, pull one out and say, hey, uh, this is what we were worried about, and uh, kind of analyze it. Oh, that's really... I Shoot me an email when you actually do that, because I don't want to miss it. That's going to be really interesting. Okay. So, uh, Steve, John, thanks for joining me today to talk about the iPad here on OWC Radio. And for everybody else, we'll be right back. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Once again, I want to thank John and Steve for coming on OWC Radio Number 9. wasn't the most exciting show, I know, because we're all kind of looking online and trying to get the information that we just got. I mean, neither the, of, of uh, John or Steve or myself were at the Apple event, so we were following it online, just like most of you. So when we're trying to answer questions that we're posing to ourselves, we literally have to jump online and find it and record a podcast at the same time. Not always the most uh, – it's not the easiest thing to do in the world. But something else did happen yesterday, which uh, I find just as exciting as the iPad. The funny thing is, yesterday morning I released uh, OWC Radio. When I say yesterday, I mean Tuesday. OWC Radio number 8. 
And I jokingly said on that episode that there's not a lot going in the Mac world because everyone's sitting there waiting to hear about the iPad. Just a couple hours after I posted that show, something very exciting happened. OWC released the Mercury Extreme Enterprise SSD. This is one of the very fastest SSD cards on the planet. If you're looking to boost the speed of your Mac, there's nothing faster. Seriously, there's nothing faster. It's faster than the Intel 80 gig SSD. It's faster than the crucial 128 gigabyte SSD. Now these range from 50 gigs all the way up to 200 gigabytes. For 50 gigs, for $229 right now, you can turn your Mac laptop into the fastest machine out there. It's just incredible. Read write times are over 260 megabytes a second. Think about how fast that is. Think about how much faster your machine's going to boot using the OWC Extreme Enterprise SSD card. It's amazing. We're going to be talking more about this in the very near future and coming shows. It's really, really exciting. We have the fastest SSD card out there that I've seen. It works on both Mac and PC. Cooler operation, silent, very power efficient, better performance, rugged, and reliable. OWC's SSD cards, SSD drives. Check it out at MacSales.com, www.MacSales.com. In the meantime, we will be back. Um, I think we'll probably be back on Friday with uh, OWC 10. Um, there's just a lot going on in the Mac world right now, and there's just so much information to take in with what Apple just released. And kind of more importantly for me anyways, Mac World Expo is coming up in just two short weeks. February 11th through the 13th, booth 1354 in the Moscone Center. ODBC will be there. You should see some of the stuff that we're going to be showcasing, especially when it comes to drives and performance. Can't be beat, folks. Can't be beat. But check it out for yourself, booth 1354, Macworld Expo. I will be doing a podcast, OWC Radio, every day from the showroom floor. And I'll also be participating in other podcasts for other Mac shows. I've already been asked by a couple different people, uh, hey, do you mind coming on the show during the Macworld Expo? And, of course, the answer is, heck yeah, I'd be honored to. Um, we will be on the main stage on the last day of the show. And we'll get into that next episode when we get a little bit more time. It's going to be great, great fun. If you want to follow the show, check us out on Twitter. It's OWC Radio. Send us an email at podcast at maxsales.com, or you can leave a voice message at 1-801-938-5559. And the next show, we'll get into uh, the feedback that I've received. It's just been kind of a crazy couple days, and uh, I haven't got to the feedback, and I definitely want to, so... I, uh, we still have time to get your feedback in, podcast at maxsales.com. So make sure you check out our website, www.maxsales.com, and I'll see you real soon. Bye-bye.